Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. pretty good okay. i feel pretty good today yeah oh, good yeah you, last time you weren't feeling we've canceled on each other twice twice yes um i love to cancel yes me too um we canceled because we don't like each other no yeah. um, it's, <laughs> no i had a, i had an ear infection and i was just telling her that it was i really did have one but um i was afraid you know she wouldn't believe me because uh i i used to lie a lot you yeah. know, like, and, and that's, that's true. Cause you know, for a long time when I was doing stand up, I would cancel like more than half my shows, yeah. more than half Why my podcasts. Why do stand ups do that? Well, no, it's not, you know, I was depressed. It's common. Well, it's, I it was more common because I was so depressed and like, uh, for the first like eight years I did comedy, I was so depressed and I, I, there were days I couldn't get out of bed and this, it's been like this for like any full-time job I've had. There were just days where I, like, I woke up and I was starting to cry and then I thought maybe I can toughen this out, but I guess like it was a, like a physical, almost like a physical disability. And so I just kind of had this like reputation of being a flake, you know? Oh, um, but I really... No, it's okay. I mean, but I... No, I, I get... I f- I'm wondering now if I'm depressed. You might be. Have, because do you I cancel can- a lot? <laughs> I cancel a lot. Oh, okay. And, but I like, I don't know why I want to stay at home. Well, I mean, staying at home is like the, it's the, I don't know, it's the greatest feeling. I, I love, but that's my favorite place to be is, is at home. Me too. But, you know, so the last three years, I've been trying to make up for like lost time and like never canceling anything. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'll try and make that commitment to myself. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, like when I had the ear infection, I, I almost like brought a doctor's note to you. Like, and it's like, <laughs> and then, you, know, you totally, you totally believed me, but I'm no, like. No, but by eh, the yeah. way, the funny part is I got that text and I said to Julian, I was like, wow, like what a liar. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> yeah. It was like, I was like, I believe you, but I was also like probably a lie. No, it was bad. Um, and I and by the way, I do believe you, but yeah. like also, it is a lie. Yeah, yeah, because I could have totally done. See, the thing is, I, <laughs> I I canceled on you, and then I kept going. Like I could have probably done it, and then I would get like vertigo. I'm like, no, it's good that I canceled, and then I would get, you know, because like when I canceled, there was like a guilt, and then you know, finding out that it might cost you money, and I was like, can I Venmo? Like I'll Venmo oh, you double the. Pay, I'm like you know. profiting off of it. <laughs> yes, I keep booking right. you, hoping you'll cancel, and I'll turn a turn yes, a profit. Turn a profit. Yeah. I recently tried to cancel on a show because I had a really bad migraine and it was a similar thing where I was like it's bad I want to stay home but I you know I committed to this show yeah and it wasn't that far but I was like I don't know and I was it was a bar show yes so I was like it's not like a club yeah like I feel like bar shows you can kind of yeah bail if you need to bail yeah Yeah. and I reached out and they were like okay fuck we need to find a replacement please help us yeah and then I was like you know what? I'll just come. Oh God! They wanted you to find a replacement. You should have just been like, "Do you know I've been on television?" You should have just pulled <laughs> I, that. Off. I know, but but I'm the one that canceled like a two hours before. Yeah, I no, feel, I understand. I feel bad, but it's easy to cancel on. You want to cancel on shows sometimes. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it no, but I'm glad we're here now. We're I'm, here. I'm really glad you canceled the second time. Uh, because you just kind of like whenever somebody else messes up, I'm just like, oh, thank God. That means I, I love get, it. I get one free. 
you know, fuck up. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, <laughs> Every time I have plans with someone, I kind of hope the day of they're oh, like, I can't. I know. Me too. But I'm then, the same way. But then sometimes I get self-conscious that like, I don't want to be that person right. that always does it. And I, I have to like just intuit if the other person is on the same page with flexibility yeah. as me. Because do you ever make plans with someone who's like the total opposite and they're so anal and they want to know the location oh, a week in advance? And yeah, I'm like, no, I, can't I don't do think it. we could be friends. No, I have to. I, the friends I have, it's like, uh, we make plans and we both go like, and we can cancel the last minute if we're not feeling it. It's like there's a de- I have a deal with my friends because all of my friends have mental illnesses <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like neurodivergent was, and everything, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. uh, if you're all neurodivergent, then it's like, it, it, to me, typical is divergent. You right. Know? So, right. yeah, I mean, my friends need to have like, we, uh, I have a deal with most of my friends also. It's like we can disappear for months. Without saying, and then well, that come sounds back. dangerous considering the mental illness. Yeah, no, I yeah, I know. If I don't hear from you for months, I'll just assume you're good. <laughs> yeah, I'll assume. that's the pact I make with all my suicidal <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Julian and I are like that, and I have one friend, Gracie, who just I know Gracie and I can bail no matter what. We yeah. don't need a reason. Like we could just text, being like, "This fucking, we can't. I don't want to do this today." And yeah. she's like, "Cool, no bad blood." Yeah. But it, the added thing in LA is also that. You have to journey when you're like a West Sider. Yeah. So fucking fun. Like, are you doing these East Side shows all the time? Uh, no, I I don't. Honestly, you know, you caught me at a like a you caught me at like this pivotal moment in my life from the past few days where I'm starting to reach out to do shows now, and I've never done that before. I've been doing comedy for 11 years, and I've never done it. So I'm actually trying to get How did you, more shows. Wow. How um, did that, you just got booked when you got booked. Yeah, I got booked when I got booked, and I, I, I almost like did this, like I played hard to get by accident, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. it's like almost like I had this reputation of like, oh, oh, like if she she won't leave the house unless it's worth it. Like a Larry David type, you know, like, you know, Larry David would disappear for yeah. years and yeah. come back. He's in your friend group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me and Larry David can just uh, cancel You could do that, LD. Yeah. Um, but no, I had talked with my partner the other day and it was like a really long talk. It was just like, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't opened up in months or maybe years and it used to be really easy for me to open up, but- To uh, your partner? Yeah. It used, to be, it used to be easy for me to open up to everyone. Yeah. Like to the whole world. Like I, I would be this oversharing, you know, because again, when I was depressed, all I had was vulnerability and it wasn't like uh, I was doing the vulnerability to be brave or anything. It's just like I was so depressed and suicidal and I didn't want to kill myself, but I did want to kill myself that I would just- vent all the time on facebook and instagram wherever and twitter and but then you know when my depression went away i kind of i kind of wanted to like show people that i don't just have vulnerability that i can be silly that i can be playful and stuff you know and then i almost like for the last three years i've almost been like obsessively not vulnerable Mm. and but then i had the opposite problem now it's like I, it's hard for me to, you know, it became hard for, me for, hard for me to open up. So I got like in this really big fest. I can't really say what it is, but I got this really big gig that's coming up in a few months. And my partner, you know, they were telling me like, I need to prepare for this thing because I am very avoidant, you know, mm-hmm. and I hadn't ever talked about it. And it seemed like I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I kind of just got upset, you know, and then they were like, you should call the comedy store. And then I got really defensive and I got really mad and I was like, like, what if I call them and oh, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what the fuck do I say when I call the comedy store. Give you know, put me on a spot. And I kind of was getting really mad and defensive. Mm. And then they said, um, you, you know, you've been on Netflix talking to David Letterman. You've been on New Faces on Just for Laughs. And you still talk about yourself like you're nobody. 
and I, it just like hit me that I've been doing that. I was like, I've been devaluing myself for, and I'm like, okay, so you want to hear what I've been thinking about? And then I guess unloaded. I was like, here's how, here's how I'm preparing for the show. Here's what I've been thinking about. Here's what I've been. And then they were like, why don't you share any of this stuff with me? And I'm like, cause I don't want to burden you if it's not like, I don't want to burden anyone um, because I have such a like, uh, I have such a good life and I don't want to complain. You know, like I, I kind mm. of this toxic positivity on myself. And then they were like, I need you to open up more. So I opened up for like five hours wow. about everything I've been stressed out about, about everything I've been worried about. And then I realized while I was talking is like I kind of confessed that I, I had been smoking for like maybe the past six months or a year about like 12, 10 to 12 bowls of marijuana a day. Like I was smoking all day. All I was doing was like, everything I did was like it was either to smoke or to get ready to smoke or to do something to reward me with smoking. Mm. So I've been kind of in this marijuana haze. And then the past like maybe week, I've decreased it by like 95%. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I'm coming out of this marijuana haze, you know. For the last six months. Yeah. And and so I kind of like, I'm all active now when I kind of want to do stuff and I kind of want to leave the house now, which is like a weird feeling. And anyway, yeah, you asked me the question about like East Side show. I don't know what East Side and West Side are. So I kind of avoided the question because I'm bad with geography. But well, I, we live I did. kind of Western. Oh, okay. Well, I call it. So I called the. um. So I did, I, I actually emailed the comedy store. I, I asked who the booker was and, uh, the, the, you know, she got back to me right away. She's like, oh my God, yes, please. And, you know, I, now I have a show tonight at the comedy store and all I had to do was email. And I was like, oh my God, is this all I've had to do is just reach out to people? So I think I'm going to try to do more shows. And so like, you know, I have this podcast with you today. And back then that, that would have been all I did th the whole day. It would have been this podcast, go home and reward myself by smoking 10 bowls of weed for t doing a podcast. But now I'm like, I can do both. I can do this and I can do a show tonight. I can cook anyway. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to share. Like this is the past few days and I, I'm really, uh, I'm now I'm opening up more and, yeah. and the vulnerability was like my best quality before, but it was all I had to offer. Um, and now I'm like, why don't I incorporate it a little vulnerability, you know, in my toolbox of like the kind of comedy I do. I can, you know, enter in a little more vulnerability. So, mm. yeah. So, so you feel that there's so much you said. I mean, I don't even know where to start with all of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that I, I no, it's just it was I related to a lot of it and it's very vulnerable to share. Yeah. I appreciate it. But I, I do see I, I there's so much. First, how did you move past the. So, I mean, the last six months when you're smoking pot, you consider that a depression? You know what I was doing? I was numbing myself from thinking about the pressures. It's like when you, you know how people go like, oh, don't smoke pot because it zaps your ambition. I'm like, why would you say uh, that is a bad thing? I mean, the whole purpose of doing this is to zap my ambition. You know, it's like if I smoke a lot of weed, I don't have to think about uh, comedy as my job. I, I don't really I really wasn't taking myself seriously, yeah. you know, and it's like what what was really a lot of pressure. You know, the pressure is like it's like stupid to complain about because it's such a it's such a it's such a good problem to have that you don't want to feel like you're complaining. Right. It's like I'm used to being the person who is like a feature who should be headlining or somebody who should be higher than I am and, yeah. and all this stuff. And then like all I had was. Uh, fuck people I could punch I can like overcome adversity and then I started realizing like oh I am getting the respect from people oh I people do love me oh my god people are expecting me to be good now you have to and show up now I have to like yeah now it's like deliver yeah yeah and it's like I'm no longer motivated by like 
spiting people I hate and it's still a little bit of that. But now I have to like perform for people I love, which is a lot scarier than, you know, because, you know, fuck right. you is easy. But, you know, thank you for loving me is a lot harder. And so like just like kind of venting that out, I think it's made it like, OK, I think I think I can do this. And I feel like I feel really good. And I think de- just decreasing the marijuana and like taking my life more seriously. And that's kind of another thing I realized was like when I like the way I was talking about uh, comedy, I wasn't really talking about it like it was my job. I was talking about it like it was like a hobby that I stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a distraction that I have to do to do my favorite thing, which is to smoke weed at home. That my whole, the whole point of my life was to never leave the house. Mm. So yeah. So that's your, is your partner staying home at that point or you're alone a lot? Oh, um, you know, they, they work from home. So we're okay. always, we're always, <laughs> we're always at home together, but you know, they, they're in the, the, the room and right. so, like, with the door closed, you right. know, they're working from home. Yeah. So what got you through the, you know, the initial depression? What is the thing that kicked, just, kicked think, you out of it? I think it was like, that's the hardest part. Yeah. I think just like opening up, I like opened up for like five hours and I was crying a bunch and I just like, I mean, this is going to sound corny, but I, I think just like saying it out loud and getting it out of me mm-hmm. and it was like the it was like oh i don't think i can avoid this anymore and and then i kind of realized like if i don't if if i don't talk about my comedy career as a job then my my partner will never see me believe yeah believe like i mean like they've always seen me as like they, they've been my biggest fan since the beginning since even before i came out as trans and everything yeah like they kind of just They've been waiting for me to take myself more seriously, mm. and so yeah, it's like they were just kind of reminding me, like you're you're Robin Tran, like what are you doing? You know, right. like get out of the house and 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 do more shows and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. So you felt your stand up shifting into more vulnerable places. Uh, yeah, but you know, it was funny, you know, because like um, I love your stand up, by the way, Robin. Oh, thank you. And I've seen Robin on David Letterman, oh, and thank I you. all across your TikTok, and oh, thank your you. clips are so great. Oh, you thank have a you. unique voice, and uh, I, I just love watching. Yeah, you. thank. I have a uh, especially for a trans person, I have a literally unique voice because it's very. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> I have a very unique voice. Yeah, and my stand up is just as funny as this uh, long monologue, actually. No, come uh, on, <laughs> this monologue's great. Wow, you really caught me at like this like weird point in my life. Um, my best friend is, my best friend is uh in hospice care right now, and I had to visit him. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's been tough. It's like last Tuesday or so I visited him. Cancer. And uh yeah i think so uh he doesn't really like to to, uh talk talk about the details he actually has a really positive attitude about life oh my god and so what happened was like the the night before i had this like this show it was like a fake game show Mm -hmm. and you know in my head i'm thinking like how the fuck am i gonna do this show like how you know how am i gonna even get through this and then when i got there and the first like section is you have to tell your darkest jokes Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had any time to really prepare. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to talk about my friend dying. Oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about. And I made it funny. And I, I was like, wow, you know, I was How able to I was able to. Um, and, and this is kind of like one of the things that made me cry thinking back on it um, is that I was able to um, hold the grief for my friend mm-hmm. and not let go of that grief, but also to have a silly attitude and to bring it into the room. And like mm-hmm. I didn't make it weird. I made it like a real thing happening but i made it light you know like it was like a fake game show so whenever i'd be like losing points i'd go into the mic i'm like my friend's dying you know to get <laughs> get me more points yeah and i was so proud of myself afterwards because i i thought like wow that's like i'm i think i'm an adult now it was like the first time in my life i felt like an adult because I, I don't think i would have been able to do that a few years back so i think i'm just bringing in like 
like I am realizing now that like vulnerability is good as long as it's not all that you can offer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to be able to uh, tap into that again. I'm I'm kind of um almost like resentful at a lot of like the edge lord comics, you know, the edgy ones with the podcasts who used to like make fun of podcasters for being vulnerable and uh-huh. then almost like bullied out the nerd comics for a while. And then now they're all being fucking vulnerable. Talking about their feelings. Yeah, talking about their feelings. I'm like, hey, what do you dreams. I'm better at this than you guys are. And like, why do you guys get to talk about that and not get called gay? Huh? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm calling them gay the now. The po- <laughs> podcast culture. Did you see Mark Maron's most recent special? Oh, yes. I loved it. It's reminding me a bit of what you're saying. Just like being able to turn these really. I mean, and that's like the best comedy, though, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a while, I thought like it's not like, you know, I think for a while, I think it became too. Um, <laughs> it became too much like dramedy. Like you know? Nanette type thing? Yeah. And I think it was like, you know, she I think she pulled it off. But then there were there were, ha- there were a bunch of like wannabe Nanette kind, kind of specials, you know, there like, were, there yeah. were, like, did you see Nathaniel? <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't see that, but I heard it was a little bit like that. It, it, I mean, yeah, it was just like, it's like very earnest and it's like, it tips more into like feeling like a one man show. Yes, right, right, right. You know? So, I mean, I don't yeah. Know. But then I saw, I saw, yeah, Mark Maron's was great. Yeah. I saw, I saw John Mulaney's last special. Did you Baby see that? Baby J? One? Yeah. I just watched it. I loved it. Did you, you lo- like it? I loved it. My friend pointed out one thing that I can't stop thinking about. What, what, what is it? He said that it feels contrived to talk about his drug problem like this isolated little like this isolated thing instead of addressing the context of you know the like dissolution of his marriage and his infidelity and the baby and it it felt like pretending like I don't care what people think about me now look at this and like ignoring the huge chaos of his (laughs) life beyond that that's true and like that feels like performative and calculated instead of saying like I fucked up to the point where like I left my wife I was in rehab I married someone else immediately I had a baby everything spun like just <laughs> yeah, by being like I like true. coke yeah <laughs> no that's true it's a good point so I th- but I, I, I don't know how much we can expect and I from said I oh still- I said oh I left my wife and I, and I married somebody else. Is that a good, yeah. <laughs> is that a good imitation of yeah. John Mulaney? So I married somebody else. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I, you know, the I thing, still thought is, it was clever. The thing, the thing is, is that here's how I feel about the John Mulaney yeah, special. Okay, and no, I no. enjoyed it. I just want to say I enjoyed I, it, and I think the jokes are phenomenal. I completely agree with everything you're saying, but what John Mulaney proved to me, and this is something I didn't even realize about myself, yeah, is that if I is like if you can be funny enough i'll i guess i'll forgive you for most things like the thing i didn't realize it's because i put it on out of curiosity yeah within two minutes i'm laughing more than i have for most comedy specials in a while me too no me too 100 percent. and i was just like oh i i forgive him like i just like forget like it's like you it's i don't think people realize how harder it is to make a good comedy special and i was like oh my god he pulled off what louis ck was not able to and so it, mm. made me, it made me realize that like a lot of these guys who think that like I liked Louis' last special. I didn't see. I heard it was good. I thought it was great. Oh, okay. Well, I, I should check it out. Not. It wasn't the one immediately after. Yeah. Right. It was right. Because he had had two. Sets. Yes. This that's was that's the what Madison I mean. Square Garden. Yeah. One, yeah. I heard that I one was really was, good. I liked. Some people hated it. Um. But um. I should check it out. But it, it's just like I I just admired uh that he he kind of he talked about very personal things without asking for pity really or you know like uh, yeah. compassion and 
um, just like really honest moments and everything. And that was a special to me that I was like, oh, this is a way to use vulnerability in, in a in a productive way. I mean, it was avoidant in some ways, too, because he didn't talk about all the other stuff. But it was like he was talking. To, he talked about like one topic for 80 minutes. That's Did, like a pretty impressive thing to do. I Yeah. It did no. It did feel strikingly vulnerable. Did he mention his kid? No. I don't think so. I didn't even know he had kids. He had a, the one kid with <laughs> Olivia Munn. I didn't see. I didn't even know that. Oh, I think that's why people, people are thinking like everyone's mad at him. He, I think he went into rehab immediately, knocked someone else up. Oh, okay. They got married or they're together and they had a baby, but he was always with his. He was with his wife for like ten years and said he wouldn't have a oh, baby. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So like, but that sounds. Well, you know what? I take back everything I said. You know, he's a piece of shit. No, <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't like it. I'm actually a... Uh, piece of shit. <laughs> I'm the opposite of a stubborn person where I'm very easily swayed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Me, I'll flip on anything. I love that. I hate it. I'll just agree. What are some of your favorite specials now that we're on the topic? My favorite special of all time is Eddie Pepitone's For the Masses in 2021. Did you ever see that? I've never seen it. It's on YouTube now. It's my favorite special. And it's funny because it, it, I, I, you know, I got booked on a bunch of podcasts in the beginning of, uh, like, like around 2020 when everyone was just doing Zoom interviews mm -hmm. and I was just causing a lot of chaos on the internet. So I was just getting booked on a lot of podcasts. What got, were you doing on the internet? Oh, I was just, I would make memes making fun of all the famous comedians. And this is like, it was like so blasphemous to do all this stuff. But I just thought, hey, everyone's at home now. And, you know, home what is What are like, they going to do? Come get me? Yeah, what are they going to do? <laughs> come get me? And also like, you know, like uh, I saw like the, the lockdown as like an opportunity that like I'm really good at home. So why don't I just like look at the internet as like I have a bigger audience at home now. Everyone's at home. So let me just like be the funniest internet comedian. I'm going to be the funniest person on the internet during the the pandemic. Yeah. I love being at home and I'm not bothered by staying home. And so I got booked on Eddie Pepitone's uh, podcast and mm -hmm. I hadn't really, I didn't even know who he was. And so I check out the trailer of his special and there's an old white guy yelling. I want to see this guy's face. Yeah. So it's like an old white guy yelling and the trailer is doing nothing for me. Okay. And then I watch, I, uh, okay, I do got to do research mm -hmm. on this guy's special. And the first minute didn't do anything for me. And then after the first minute, when I realized what he's doing, it just became like my favorite special on accident. Um, what is he doing? I don't even recognize this guy. He has been in a lot of... Like, he's been in a lot of things, but he's never been, like, the lead. Like, he was on an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He was, yeah. just, you know, he's just kind of been around the business. He, but He's at the comedy store a lot. I think so. I think he's just, I think he performs a lot, but he's never, uh, he's very hard to put into a box. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, like, but everyone, like, the comedians love him. Like, everyone from, like, Pat Oswalt to Tim Dillon both, like, love him. Mm. And those are, that to me is the two extremes of <laughs> comedian is Tim Dillon and Pan Oswald. They're These both are, amazing. They're, they're both on the opposite sides of the, are they? Yeah, I guess the, <laughs> they kind of are. That's kind of the scale. Yeah. You think Tim Dillon's amazing? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been, yeah, I see some of Tim, D Tim Dillon and you know, Marcelo Hernandez. I don't think so. Oh, he kind of, ha he has some of his voice. He's on SNL now. I, I always see what's out and I'm always disappointed. Yeah, I I don't like most comedy specials. Yeah, I think that what they the mistake that a lot of uh, these places made is that they started giving all these comedy specials to podcasters, and it's, <laughs> I don't think that they real podcasting is a lot different than stand up comedy. It's it's a much different art form. It's or completely di different. Yeah, because like I think that they do so many podcasts that a podcast you don't really have to think. You just have to kind of react. You're just kind of talking. But stand up, you have to actually think. But if you all you're doing is reacting to stuff and you, you have all the stuff that you're reacting to on your podcast, your hour is just going to be like riffs that you did on your podcast, really. Yeah. You know? And I so bet. they're not really putting in 
they're 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 putting in like the physical work, but they're not putting in any of the mental work. And then so they get this audience that like, well, oh, I loved him on his podcast, so let me go and watch him live. And then they're always kind of disappointed. But right, well, but, it's like the YouTubers <laughs> yeah, doing stand up. It yeah, doesn't translate. Yeah, and and it's like the the what they say about the special is more damning than hate mail. I think is like, well. I like the more on his podcast, but it's nice to see him doing well. I'm like, that's what you thought about his stand up? Yeah. I would rather you just say that it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you're just watching your like it's right. like they're watching their friend do an open mic. Right. But right. uh on, in front but of it's 20 like a, million people. Yeah, but it's like a friend that, that has never talked to them. Right. It's, I mean it's <laughs> it, they have like a parasocial relationship. Yeah, they have a parasocial relationship with, with someone like a who's podcaster. doing a bringer show. Yes, basically, yes. Yeah, right. that is why I so Tell us about how you got, uh, the, and I know we talked about this on Ashley Yavin's podcast, but to sit down with David Letterman, Yeah, I mean, it's iconic. Like, what an experience. Yeah, it was, um, I'm trying to remember, like, I hope I didn't, I'm not going to repeat myself too much from um, Ashley's podcast. Well, but, this is a different podcast. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I don't know why, but I just assume that you guys have the identical audience because we're all <laughs> queer, you know? Um, yeah, they're just this copy-pasted the same people. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I didn't, ex- I didn't, I did not, it didn't, it didn't sink in that I was going to be on the show until like 2 p.m. on the day of, because, you know, I, we needed to get like a COVID test before. And I was just like, un- until I get a, a negative COVID test, I don't believe I'm actually going to be talking to David Letterman. And then I got, you know, the negative test and I'm like, okay, oh shit, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking to David Letterman in like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't have, in a way it was good that I didn't have fuck, like time to, really stressed out but this um, is for the my next guest series on netflix it's from um that's my time that's my time yeah but you sit you sit down yeah yeah it's like you feels the same set yeah it is it is yeah you know you do five minutes and then you get invited to the couch and how did you get chosen for it i apparently i um he handpicked like six people out of like thousands of i don't know how he got my tape or whatever but that's unbelievable i know he picked um he picked he handpicked six of us and i was like wow holy shit that's um that's so and we got we really got along um really well but i'm so like i'm i go i go between like insecure to arrogant pretty quickly because mm-hmm. after we mm-hmm. had the, the chat we had, we got along so well that I'm like I think I could be friends with David Letterman, but I think that's <laughs> what makes him such a good interviewer is that he made me feel yeah that we had a special connection um, right. But yeah, I the my favorite thing was like backstage. You know, he has um he meets with everybody in his dressing room, and it's funny because like there are other people standing there. I mm-hmm. think just like to, I guess like in a different environment, the, the doors open and there's like three guys watching like just making sure that there's witnesses that we're talking so that we're not talking alone yeah but yeah he's he's very similar to me where he he'll just like kind of say how he feels yeah you know and so uh the first thing he said i'm like hey dave nice to meet you how are you feeling he was like oh i don't know kind of uh down you kind of sick how, how are you how are you feeling? Kind of like, down? Yeah, kind of down, kind of sick. I don't know. I don't feel too well. How, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, do you think you're sick or something? He was like, I always think I'm sick. And I go, yeah. And I go, yeah, I am a, I am a hypochondriac. And he goes, how does that manifest for you? And I said, I think I have everything except for hypochondria. And he, and he started just laughing. And right away, we just like hit it off. Wow. We just had this like neurotic conversation. And I don't know. I feel like it is kind of my job to not be starstruck. Yes. And it's like, I will be starstruck after, like, after yes, the whole totally. experience. Because, like, it's like, I don't think the audience wants to see somebody uh, starstruck. I, I think that kind of, you know, totally. it devalues you and it kind of robs the audience of a good experience. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what was what the my favorite part? You're a of, part of it. You're yeah, not meant to be in awe. Yeah. You have to preserve the integrity of the, yes, you guys are the celebrities. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, um, 
I also didn't watch a lot of David Letterman. I hope he's not listening to he's this podcast. A, <laughs> he's, an a big, avid he's the biggest fan listener, of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but he identifies as a lesbian. He's <laughs> 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 <Just> listening. <laughs> you know, like before um, he walks on the stage to do his monologue before he brings me out. You guys kissed. Yeah, we. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're Cute like we're, we're like lesbians. Nothing touches. <laughs> <laughs> he he would say he would just be like he was like he 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 was just look and he go I don't I don't want to be out I don't want to go out there right now and I just be like you think I want to be here Dave and just we just like me and him were just joking around everyone else is kind of panicky and and looking at their I headsets love that. And we just like we fucked around a lot I actually do think we got along exceptionally well I don't think he's like that with all of his guests yeah no we really like he got a real kick out of me and what I loved about him number one he didn't he didn't misgender me once which is like I get misgendered like all the time to the point where it doesn't bother me at all anymore because it's kind of like if it bothered me every time i'd never find any peace but when i when i realize that somebody doesn't at all i notice it as a good thing you know um and he didn't ask me any questions about being trans like none and that that to me was like i didn't even realize it until after he was so into my story and he was in you know what was this we you know we taped two episodes and it, they kind of splice in the best of both. A lot of our second interview didn't make it into uh, the final cut. And it was because it, it got really nerdy halfway through because he was so into hearing how I create my jokes. And then it kind of just became like this kind of nerdy conversation about comedy. Inside baseball. He was really into my brain. Yeah. And that was like, you know, for a guy to be into my brain is like, it's like, uh, it ne- that never happens. And, um, yeah it was a, such a it was such a great experience and i still watch it sometimes when i'm feeling down that's awesome but i still like i hate the way i look in it really um i am Why? like well i mean i had bar- like i had barely left the house and i was smoking I mean, again i was smoking a lot of weed i was eating so much my dress didn't even fit me and like it i like you see like my belly out and i don't know i i guess like i wasn't putting any any effort to my public appearance at the time Cause I guess like, I didn't, ex- I didn't, it didn't sink in that I was actually going to be on it this didn't show. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really like, I don't know. I didn't put in an effort to like look better. I mean, I got a, I got a new dress and then I realized when I got the dress that it didn't fit as well as my old dress. It mm-hmm. doesn't fit well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like neither dress fit well, but the old dress that didn't fit well, just felt a, like a better didn't fit well. <laughs> and so, and so like, I would recommend people to watch it. Cause it's my, on one hand it is, it is maybe my proudest comedy accomplishment at least top three mm. and on the other hand it it like i watched it and i, I need to like take better care of myself oh, so that my, i didn't feel dual, oh i appreciate that but the, like i mean you know like it's it's let like that go it's weird I, I know it's weird to have both like feelings at the same time like this is the proudest thing i've ever done and i'm also ashamed of how i look and you know the being proud of the accomplishment like supersedes it a little bit yeah yeah. yeah, well, I like the reframe of it inspired you to maybe check in and take care of yourself. Yeah. But to be beating yourself up about the dress, I mean, who gives a fuck? You're <laughs> yeah, on I Letterman. Know. I know, and it's like I'm so insecure in some ways about the way I look that, like, um, you know, the like I would show some of my friends, like, the little previews, and uh, I'd be like, yeah, I know that I don't look good in this, and I don't, and they're like, I'm crying because I'm watching my friend on Letterman, and you're talking about your dress. Right. You're like, like, what are you putting talking? it on everyone. Like, I know I should have uh, gotten a haircut before. And everyone's <laughs> like, we, we were not thinking about that at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. I mean, I just like have a lot of uh, insecurities that I didn't, that I'm trying to address like more and more over time. Like, 
that I, like my insecurity about my looks is like so intense that like um i i almost like go out of my way to not ever meet any internet friends not because of any danger or anything you they're all safe. I, I guess i'm afraid that they'll see me in person and they'll be disappointed by the way i look and they won't want to be my friend anymore like it's oh like my... that's like how intense but, i like get that like the reason i think about the, the way i think about that is like sometimes i want to avoid using any sort of filter on like instagram stories or something yeah but everyone does it, so I'm yeah. like, if I don't do it, I look noticeably worse. <laughs> right, that's what I think too. But if I do that, and then yeah. you see me in person, I look like an avatar on the internet. And then <laughs> right. in person, they're like, oh, that's your human self. It yeah, really right. is like two different people. Well, I, yeah, I think you look great. I think that it, like, okay. you look pretty. You look the same, I think. Okay, the, good. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I remember a few years ago when I first came out, and I was like, was really trying to look as pretty as I can. Yeah. One of my weird fears I had was that like I would use these filters and everything, and I'd look pretty, and then they'd see me in real life, and a, a guy would think to themselves like, I've been jacking off to this, and then like get really violently <laughs> mad at me. This is what I've been jacking off to. And, like th- that was like my. Isn't fear. that amazing that that's just your self hatred? <laughs> yes. Right. It's literally that guy that's like angry at you. <laughs> that's like. I can't. I thought I was jacking up to someone with no facial hair. <laughs> oh, I, uh, <laughs> oh, we're so hard on ourselves. No, yeah, I know, but um, it's brutal. That's one of the reasons why when I was on dating apps, I never people, you know, guys like lie about their height on dating apps. Yeah. I never understood that because if you're going to meet them anyway, my biggest fear would be someone so disappointed. So if anything, I'll undershoot everything. I make myself shorter, fatter, hairier, <laughs> put on the worst pictures that when they see me in person, they're like, wow, you're great. That's a, that's a really good idea. You know, I don't want to fucking, the, like the catfish thing, that's like the reverse of what we would do. <laughs> Is like putting hot photos. That's insane. Like, I know. I, because we're so self conscious, we don't want to disappoint anyone. Yeah. We're afraid you're going to be mad at us. Yeah. And it's like, and it doesn't even make any sense because, like, all of these people have seen me on stage. Right. But, I, but to me, I, I kind of thought, like, yeah, but I have a microphone and there was an audience laughing right. and there's a context and I, like, look cool doing something that I'm good at. Um, and, you know, even before, you know, when I was doing uh, TikToks, uh, you know, during the pandemic, and I ran out of stand-up clips to post, mm-hmm. and then I had started having to do That's a like, tough spot. yeah. And I was like, you know, my fiance was like, you got to start like leaving the house. <laughs> no, she, they told me like, <laughs> no, it was, it was like, you're lockdown, filming the so. clips in the kitchen <laughs> and adding his. <laughs> I said, sorry, are you? Uh, they, 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 yeah. But it's fun. It's okay. It's I, I, I like. They wanted me to start. Just making videos where I'm talking to the camera and I start crying and I'm like, but I'm too ugly and no one's going to want to see my face. And they're like, but they've seen your face. <laughs> like, it just didn't make right. any sense. And so, like, that was kind of that kind of helped me a little bit with the self-consciousness Like when I started reading comments of uh, about me on, like, queer TikTok mm-hmm. and them calling me pretty, but them not knowing I was reading it. That kind of, like did a lot for my insecurity like oh okay so you guys aren't just being nice to me you guys are talking to each other right and they were, right, and they were right. saying you're in things, a different room yeah they were saying things like i hope this like i hope this is the sweetest generation like i hope this isn't um making like downplaying her accomplishments but i think she's really pretty if that's okay and i wanted to come in like yes more shallow compliments please <laughs> i'm not one of these women that hate the compliments about my looks please all cat the compliments. Call. oh my god yes please cat call me Aww. um that's but, that's a nice positive TikTok story. That's usually yeah, not what I hear. Yeah, I mean, I also get like I get the worst. I comments. I have gotten like hundreds of like you're a guy, go kill yourself or whatever. I've gotten a lot of those, but um, I kind of just try to ignore that and try to just focus on people who like me now. Yeah, that's a move. 
Yeah, I mean the the insecurity about how I look is based off of like something that happened in like eighth grade, and it was like um, that you held on to. Yeah, and I like met with some uh, some old like classmates that I was chatting chatting with on AIM Instant Messenger, mm -hmm. and I was really good on AIM Instant Messenger. But when we all went to the movies together, I was like shy, and I was kind of like didn't know what to say and mm -hmm. and then um my crush was there mm -hmm. and all the girls knew that i had a crush on her mm -hmm. um and so like they tried to make it so that we would sit next to each other in the movie even though that's not what i asked for yeah and when they made it so obvious and then the girls started going ew oh my god can someone switch with me and that that moment was like oh. i'm never meeting anyone on the internet ever again even though like when i like how it, old were i mean i think kids? we were like we were like 13 or so so this Brutal. is like, this that's, is like that's the 25 worst. years ago i think at this point but it's painful it's that painful. time and that type that sort of energy can yeah. feel really fucking painful but you know what's even like more crazy about this is it wasn't until about two or three years ago when i realized that the story has taken a, a life of its own because like that girl and i we a couple years later we became very good friends mm. And we would have picnics together and stuff. And we, we, you know, we once said, I love you to each other. So like this story about this thing that happened to me, it's not even about the girl anymore because the girl and I became friends and we right. still, we still check in with each other right. sometimes. It's just like a memory of a, it's like a, I'm, I'm upset at a ghost, mm. you know? And so, yeah, that's, um. Well, I think things like that, they just like, they have the potential potential to like leave an imprint on you and you have unless you like heal it and look at it it just stays there it's like sometimes before i did a lot of work on myself yeah i felt like i had like my eight-year-old self controlling my emotions right 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 and i mean i'm thinking about like that moment you said what came to mind was i was seeing this girl when i was in high school and she had a boyfriend but mm -hmm. we would like see each other when she was not with him and it was clearly like we loved each other regardless yeah. of what the sexual relationship looked like it was yeah. more than just friends yeah 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 and i remember like we we had kissed or something and she said the next day like i'm so glad i have a boyfriend otherwise people would think like we're lesbians <gasps> oh my god and oh I, that's brutal i was so devastated like yeah. it was it was that sinking feeling oh yeah 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 absolutely and and it, we have reconciled later in life we're friendly yeah but it's the same thing it's of like i'm not thing. mad it's at her yes, but that right, moment that in moment, time yeah it was like a reflect it was like a almost like um your worst fear came true it was like a confirmation of your worst fears oh my god and i it, have yeah can ahead. i can i divulge yeah, even please. more I, I don't want to make it about me. No, no, but, no please you know, make it but, about but you. But let me make it about me. Yeah, please do. But I remember uh, one time, uh, she, so she had this boyfriend and she was texting him and I was sitting next to her and he had texted her saying like, I'm going to do things to you that Allie only wishes she could do. Oh my God. That like killed me inside because I was so confused about my sexuality yeah. and like devastated that I couldn't be a guy that she would like love yeah or like I couldn't like fuck her like how she like want like how I thought she was like every it just like challenged every like all of my fears it confirmed oh right, right it was like right. yeah you're you're not good enough because you're not a man yeah. you won't get the love of a woman because you're not a man right you won't get her love you can't love a woman yeah that fucking killed me and it, it it's just these things that like they're children, like yeah. children, like tossing around these like grenades. I know. And, you know, <clears throat> the the ironic thing is that, you know, like the fear of like 
oh my you know like i think a lot of guys have the fear of like my my dick's not big enough and i won't be able to fuck a girl properly and all this stuff and then you know you look you look at the statistics and it's like straight women have like the lowest orgasm it rate comforts of, me so much it's like it's like it's so crazy low and like lesbians are like 90 percent orgasms and stuff and that's when i really you know like i actually realized a lot about like my own sexuality how do you identify sexual like oh i'm like a trans lesbian trans lesbian yeah or like a like um I'm not into guys. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Like whatever that means. Yeah. Or so I'm I'm also a trans lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just like not into guys, but um Yeah. But I like I learned a lot about my sexuality because you know, I was like I, I didn't realize until the last couple of years that I've been under the male gaze even though I'm not into men. And that, right. that really fucked with me when I just realized that like if I were to like look at what constitutes as like what counts as being in love. You know, and when you're younger, what counts as being in love is that you have to be two people who date and fuck each other. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be like a dick and pussy. F- I mean, as, yeah. as, as I mean, that's like how stupid. Right. That was that was me. I mean, I thought this until like t- it, it, it was an unexamined thought yeah. I had. Um, yeah. And then I thought, like, wait a minute, if we go on those parameters, does that mean that asexual people have never been in love? Because that, that feels kind of gross. Right. right, right. I mean, that like le- like like lesbians and gay. Guys. And it's so, like I, I realized, that, like, oh, my God, like all I've been told about sexuality, it has been wrong. And I've been holding on to these like these myths in my brain for so long. And, and then I kind of thought about like back in high school junior high college all these like i never thought girls liked me right mm-hmm. that was like kind of the the through line of my whole life me too and <laughs> no me but girls t- girls like you right no no really really though that was i know you the, it doesn't yeah. see, it was but i look back <laughs> and what the truth of it was a lot of those girls did like me yeah but they didn't like the way i liked them it was like i was a gay guy who liked girls mm like they, you know, they wanted me to make a move. I didn't. I was waiting for them to make a move. Mm. You know, because I mean, I didn't know I was a girl at the time, and neither neither did they. And that was the problem: is that I would have these like very close friendships with girls in high school and college and everything, and it would it would be very confusing for both of us because it was like we're we're not dating, but we're more than friends. But we've never done anything sexual or even really romantic. But it's been kind of romantic. Like that was like all of my friendships. Right. And I'm like, it. my whole life makes sense now if I retroactively look at it like I was a girl and neither of us knew I was mm. a girl. And all of my friendships made sense. It's like, oh, that's why that this girl didn't like me. It's because she's straight. Right. Well, but I'll just add, though. Yeah. Like, the the added confusion, this, is, this element is just that, in general, female friendships yeah. are so intense. <laughs> they really are. They're so intense. I know, and, I know. And... The way women connect intimately when it's not sexual, when it's not romantic, it's so beyond platonic. Yes. And oh, that... I love your clip about that, by the way. Your joke about oh, it. Oh, thank <laughs> He's you. He's complimenting. It's really funny. But that area is really hard to live in when you're, you don't, I don't know what, where you stand or like, it, this is so more than friendly, but we're not dating. It's like these, they're just loaded emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I kind of like look at it like, uh, queer friendships in general i think and i guess like i'm more like i guess Mm non-traditional friendships of like um it's more like a dial knob not like an on on and off switch yeah and i and ever ever since i started looking at it that way where it's like if your feelings are confusing it's because like you're not a straight person 
you're not like a straight guy you're not a straight girl so all of the all, like all these all these things that we we're taught about like these are the rules of a friendship you know you got this is how you get friend zone and this is this is right, how you right, know you right. like somebody and so like if it's you so kinda, binary yeah if you like just dismantle all that and just kind of go well it's okay to feel anything that you feel about anybody else for as intense as you want as long as you don't expect anything from them and when you realize that, that you can do that and it can feel safe like you know like you can actually feel anything for like if you have like feelings for your friend as long as you're not trying to fuck them when they don't want to fuck you yeah. or as long as you don't like gonna it might be uncomfortable but you yeah. can tolerate if you can tolerate if you can it. tolerate it and also like it just like look at it like uh you feel something so, so strongly for someone because you know you you love them and it's not always clear what that means but you know that what you have is more than enough mm. you know and just like i had like just having to reconceptualize it that way because i'm such an emotional person and everything you know yeah. if i like questioned every thought i had i would be i would go fucking insane yeah i yeah. mean it, it reminds me of i did you ever watch girls on hbo mm -mm. They say some, I mean, it's a stupid thing for me to quote kind of because girls was kind of important and meaningful in like the cultural fabric at the time. But now for some reason it sounds corny and cheesy. If I, you heard like, it's still, I, still, I heard it's still really funny and holds up actually. I guess it's good. I mean, it was, I remember loving it, but I just, the idea that I'm bringing it up now as relevant is <laughs> weird to me. I want to hear it But though. they say something at the start of the show about how like uh, the friendships that these girls have in their 20s, early 30s were more intense, more romantic, more like fanciful than any relationship they had with a, like a sexual partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like, I do feel that like the bit, some of the biggest romantic gestures that have occurred in my life have been between friends. Like, yep. it's not always that your partner's the one sweeping you off your feet. Like, friends can be so like gorgeously yeah. romantic. I mean, I kind of like, I, I like, w when I look, look back, at like every person I've ever like hooked up with right away, mm -hmm. it was because I didn't like them very much. It was because I was just I just wanted like I just needed to feel sexual and sexualized and everything. Yeah. But like whenever I like like somebody, I'm like, oh, you know, let's not like taint this right away. <laughs> like the, totally. you know what I mean? Like it's like uh, and so like I I do like think that I kind of just value. Uh, I value like close friendships more and I kind of had this like little joke to myself where you know whenever like someone complains about being in the friend zone like mm -hmm. it's a derogatory thing mm -hmm. and to me I'm like ew you fuck people who aren't your friend <laughs> <laughs> like I, to me like being in a friend zone is a good thing it means that you are now in the zone that you can get fucked. That, that to me is, is like that a, a stand-up bit. Oh, well, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I that kind of is wanted so to make. Funny. Yeah, I kind of wanted to make it one, but this is like testing it out on the. That's podcast. so true. I mean, it's, I I completely agree with that. And Amy Schumer has this joke that she posted on Instagram a little bit ago, where she was like, "I'm not gonna fuck my husband. I'm not gonna fuck my family." <laughs> yes, it's kind of like that. It just that I as well. It. It's like it's I like it. I want to fuck my friends, but I'm not gonna fuck my relatives. <laughs> right. That's so funny. It's like constantly changing. I could talk to you like forever yeah you're I mean, fascinating i we... feel like we're i'm letterman and <laughs> no are we are we done already I, i'm gonna need to have you back because oh absolutely but tell tell me um like where you're going up in the near future so people can come see you where people should follow you oh, okay yeah so i am robin trans zero four on uh instagram and uh and twitter and then i am um robin tran comedian on tiktok and i just started a patreon Robin oh. Trent, Robin Trent comedy, where I am posting all my clips, and I st I just did like my first podcast where I'm doing my own show. Oh, you I've 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 avoided doing my own podcast 
forever. Yeah. And I just recorded my first episode What's yesterday. It it's just called the Robin Tran show. I'm yeah. really bad at the hey, business this is, part. This is of... the Ali Colbert show. So. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really brilliant idea. <laughs> I think know? that's what <laughs> the best shows are. Yeah. The yeah, Howard yeah. Stern show. The exactly. Nikki Glaser podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Tim Dillon show. Yeah. I the mean, Joe Rogan experience. You know, the last two. Are the Robin Tran experience. There you go. <laughs> the Robin Tran experience. Um, thank you for coming on and sharing. You're you're really fascinating. And oh, so are you. Just like your EQ is through the roof. IQ. Oh, thank you. No, but like it's. I like talking to people like yourself. So. Oh, thank you so much. It was nice talking to you too. Thanks, Robin. Okay, thank you. Yeah.